Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chasing Sunday podcast. My name is Brian Davis and I'm your host. Uh, this is a production of Torn Curtain Arts um, and we are a nonprofit ministry that works to strengthen the creative soul of local churches. We do that through uh, worship leader coaching, we do that through substitute worship leading, we do some creative consulting. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of this episode. Got a great uh, guest for you today. And his name is Luke Burgett. He's a friend of mine uh, from one of my former churches that I worked at, and we'll talk uh, we'll talk a lot about that and his experience there as well. Um, before we we dig into this episode, I want to ask you as a worship leader um, to think about something uh, for a little while and and think about how it made you feel uh, as well. Has there ever been a time when you received some feedback on what you were doing? that really, really hurt at the moment that felt uh, felt maybe like it was a personal attack or maybe something that, that you weren't sure you would be able to recover from. Um, take some time to, to just think through that experience and and how it made it how it made you feel because um, it's it's never fun um, when we uh, you know when we sort of you know hit a little bump in the road, and, and maybe things didn't go as well as they could have. Um, and, and we also all know that there's never a shortage of people uh, who are willing to let you know that what you did wasn't exactly the best you could have done. Um, and, and we all process that differently. And we all take those, uh, we take those experiences and those things that have been said to us and, and we put those in uh, little categories or we, we store them away uh, in our hearts or in our minds. And, and they always tend to pop up um, at the worst possible time. Um, and the thing that I, I want you to think about uh, a little bit, and you're going to hear, uh, you're going to hear about this in, in Luke's story. Um, what would it change in your mind and in your heart and how would it affect your ministry if you looked at those criticisms and you looked at that feedback as more of a gift than as an attack? Um, it's, it's an interesting shift to try to make, but as you listen to this and as you listen to Luke's story, um, I want you to, to really place yourself in his shoes and, and maybe it'll be really easy because you have, uh, you've been in his shoes and you've received, uh, feedback or criticism that was really difficult to hear. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I just want you to process that as you listen through this episode, I'll be back at, at the end to, to kind of unpack some of the things that Luke and I talked about. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Luke. Uh, Luke is a phenomenal worship leader, um, a great musician, a, a really good friend, um, uh, a, a loyal husband, a great father. Um, he's just an all around good dude. Um, I auditioned him, um, when I was serving, uh, at, let's see, this was two churches ago. Um, and there was something that just really stuck out to me about him. He was one of those people that I just knew like, this is, this is what you were made to do. Um, and every once in a while as a worship leader, you'll, you'll come across, uh, people like that, that, um, that you just, you just know, and, and they know, um, 
that this is what they're supposed to be doing. It can, obviously, as you'll hear from from Luke's story, uh, it's not always as cut and dry and as clear as that. Um, but um, but Luke is holds a very special place in my heart, and he's been through a lot uh, in ministry and, and experienced a lot of things, both good and bad. And um, I just I really value his uh, his insight. Um, I value his uh, his endurance uh, throughout ministry and the things that he has. Uh, the things that he's put up with and, and the things that he has had to had to overcome um, in his ministry career. So uh, it was a no-brainer to have him as a guest here on the podcast. So um, I really hope that you uh, that you enjoy what Luke has to say and and, and hope that you can um, pull some some uh, little nuggets of wisdom from his story and from his experience. So uh, yeah, this is the Chasing Sunday podcast with my guest. Luke Forget. Enjoy. All right. Luke Forget. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Chasing Sunday podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm so glad that you took the time to, uh, we're actually getting to do this in person. I've done so many of these over Zoom. So thanks for, yeah. for coming down to my little my little tough shed. shed, my little tough shed studio. <laughs> this um, is great. I'm on Zoom all day long, so oh, yeah, I, being here is way better. <laughs> yeah, I had back to back Zooms today for like two hours, and I was like, no, no, no more of this. I need a break. So, and I know <laughs> lots of people do way yeah. more than that, but yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Luke, we have. I mean, our history goes back to what 2000. I think I started volunteering on your team in 2000. Nine or two thousand nine. Okay, yeah, I think I think it was like two thousand nine. About right. Or so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was yeah. at I was at Flatirons at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke uh, Luke came by and and wanted to audition and um, you're just one of those one of those guys that you you all you remember like really bad auditions and you remember <laughs> really good auditions like everything in between you're just like yeah um and yours is one that i yeah i do remember and and just loved uh, i love uh, one of the first things that stuck out about you uh to me was was just your heart and and your your humility and and the way that you um were obviously passionate about music you were passionate about leading people in worship and that was just very evident in what you did so it was an easy call you know to mm. to bring you on the team and that's really why I called you here to to do this podcast so I could just heap praise upon you and just be <laughs> like you're just the best guy in the world um <laughs> well, but but you are you're a great yeah. guy and I it, you know since then I know that you've you know you've been really reliable in terms of like if I've needed someone to fill in for me, mm. I always know like, hey, I call, I'll, I'll call Luke, and I don't have to worry about what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> that Sunday he's he's going to come in and be really competent. But yeah, unless I can't change out of six eight back into four four, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a fun moment. But you fixed good. it. Hey, you fixed it. Yeah, Luke Luke was leading for me one weekend at New Denver, <laughs> and they were doing a you were doing a song in six eight. Yeah, and, and I was transitioning and to four. Right. Yeah. And he just to. just kept playing that rhythm in six eight and yeah. started singing the melody for the next song. I was like, it was nice. This this song isn't in six. It happened to work though. It did work, and then yeah. you sort of made a, a nice little clean break, and and you were yeah. into you were in four. And who knows? We're gonna hear, we're gonna hear that song on K eleven. It's gonna be in six eight on the next right. like yeah. rendition. Yep. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not gonna see any residuals <laughs> from that at all. Um, yeah. So, uh, Luke, I would love uh, I'd love to hear more of your story. I know uh, 
that it could be really encouraging for uh, the, mm-hmm. I always joke about, about the tens of people who listen to my <laughs> podcast, um, but you, you do have a great story and I would love mm-hmm. for people to, to hear your heart um, for, for ministry, for your family, for the church, for all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, take us, uh, take us back as far as you want in terms of, <laughs> uh, we'll get in our way back machine. We'll do the Wayne's world. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but yeah, yeah, share, share your story and, and, and tell, tell us as much as you want about, uh, where you've been and how you got where you are now. All right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different probably rabbit trails to get on here. Maybe we'll find a few to run down, but sure. Um, yeah, I mean, started, I mean, just, we'll, you know, we'll stay on the worship topic. Started leading worship in, um, in youth group, you know, long time ago now. Um, I think the first time I led in big church, as we call it. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I think it was like 13 um, mm. at a Southern Baptist wow. church in North Glen. And okay. um, just had kind of, you know, grown up playing music and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, the... You know, part of my story, like I started playing piano when I was young. Okay. And uh, my brother, had, he was playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, guitar was cooler than it's, piano. And, and let's <laughs> just set the record straight right now. Yeah, yeah. Playing guitar is is cooler than playing it's piano. It's cooler than playing piano. Piano well, might be more versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be more beautiful at times. Yeah. But although now I wish <laughs> that I had stuck with piano. <laughs> you probably remember more than you think. But, yeah. Um, I can chord yeah. around a little bit. But, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's all you need. Some simple so, tricks and nonsense. So, yeah, yeah. 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 So I started, you know, started picking up guitar for really healthy reasons to outdo my brother. Mm-hmm. And to get some attention and that right. kind of thing. So. Especially from probably from girls, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it led to that so. for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of – that's a, another side of my story that we're probably not going to get into. But sure. just kind of, um, you know, that uh, that side of me that, like, needed some, like, some form of affirmation, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, music was kind of, like, one of those things for me that yeah. um, was a way to get that, you know. Absolutely. And as a kid, you're not really realizing it's an unhealthy way to get right. <laughs> things that you need, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, those are patterns that I developed and things. But, um, yeah. so yeah, you know, just picking up guitar, that was like the, th- the thing that I did. Um, and looking back, you know, it was, I think, mostly, mostly motivated by a desire to like have a a thing that was like mine that like sure. people n- knew me for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, you know, he's the guy that can play guitar. So, right. right. <laughs> or sing or whatever. So, yeah. Well, um, and, and the church, you know, the church puts such high value on that yeah. or at least they, you know, to an extent like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, you, you play guitar and you, you sing like, yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. Well, let, let's just get you up on stage. Like yeah. you, you, you need to be using your gifts for God. Totally. So <laughs> yeah. 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 I totally yeah. get what, what, like around what year was this? I'm just trying to. Oh man. So, th- I mean, this was like, um, I mean, started, you know, like middle school, high school, okay. you know, like really started to take off more in high school, getting a little bit more responsibility and okay. like worship leading. Right. So um, was fortunate though to have a couple of youth pastors that um, you know came alongside me in the journey, right. and um, I think a lot of my um, story in following Jesus has kind of like tied to my worship leading a right. little bit. So you yeah. know, never 
probably never should have been put up on a stage to lead anything <laughs> early on. Um, but, uh, but you know, I mean, the Lord has, has used it and, and used those two individuals early on in my life yeah. to, to really help me understand, like, what does this all mean, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and why do we do this whole right. thing? And um, so those conversations, you know, just were hugely instrumental sure. in just my walk with the Lord and my journey in ministry and all that. And um, yeah, I started um, uh, going to um, a church with my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, okay. and her family. Um, and she grew up in the church. Okay. Um, and I started leading worship there. Um, from time to time, and and then we together started attending Flatirons, um, and really fell in love with that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, really, I think it was the things that really stuck out to us were like the authenticity from from stage, you know, vulnerability piece of, um, you know, just hearing from from some teachers, you know, Scott and Jim. Right. that weren't polished people, right? Sure. Like very open about things and like at least more than we were used to, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was very like refreshing to be sure. in that type of an environment, not to mention just the the buzz and the energy around there in the community, like people right. being really excited to be at church and, and that kind of thing. Um, so we fell in love with the community and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had in my mind – there's no way I could ever hang musically with these people. You know, you've got like <laughs> joke 32 bar guitar solos right. happening and it's just, you know, right. that's not, that's not my thing. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up like listening to, you know, all the music you should listen to, to become a good musician. <laughs> I grew up like learning worship songs Me and too. that was, yeah. that was my journey to yep. becoming a musician. So I had a lot of like uh, musical battles to fight in order yep. to like actually be able to play right um yeah so you know like going there i was like oh this is amazing like the worship is like so so good and you know i had my eyes set on how good the quality of music was you know um and uh you know so when i decided that like i mean i didn't really decide that i should volunteer it was more like a push like hey you should go (laughs) (laughs) Um, from Allie. you know kind of like hey you should you should go just ask what it like, what does it take to get on the team, you know? Yeah. So, um, I got brave and came and talked to you after service one weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, kind of just went through the process there, but, um, so yeah, like leading worship, I think has been, um, I mean, it just has been like a huge part of my life and what I've done for most of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and early on, I would say, um, that I just grew up into ministry Mm-hmm. Um, and then would probably draw the conclusions that I've been called to ministry because sure. of that. Um, but that's been something that I've, I've really wrestled with a mm. lot, like my calling to ministry and like what that means. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably a lot of different outlooks on this and, you know, I sure. don't know how right any of my opinions yeah. on that whole conversation are, well, but I struggle with that still, you right. know, I mean, I'm not even working full time for a church right. right now. Yeah. Um, and so what yeah. uh, I, I want to uh, we'll we'll rabbit trail for a minute. Yeah. Um, what what kinds of things do you wrestle with in mm-hmm. terms of call? Because I know, like you know, for some people, it gets misconstrued mm-hmm. as and and, and I don't want to I don't want to <clears throat> you know belittle it because I know that there are some people that have had 
you know, those very clear, like, messages from God, like, this yeah. is this is what you're going to do, and this mm-hmm. is what you're going to be, and how you're going to do it. Right, like a lot of people and, that, like, really love and respect have had those moments. Right, yeah. and there there have been people that have, you know, resisted it, and, mm-hmm. and tried to stay away from it, and, and, and tried to, you know, run away from it, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and then people that, that also, like, it just sort of... They stumble across it, you know, or yeah. they like, oh, 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 crap! Like this is what <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing, you yeah. know? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so yeah. What, what about you know the idea of calling? Mm-hmm. Would you say that that you wrestle with the most? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question, and and maybe. I'll listen back to this episode in like five years from now and realize that I'm one of the guys that's resisting it <laughs> and, and trying not to. <laughs> oh, you're so generous thinking that this is going to be around in five years, but oh, thank dude, you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I have high hopes for this podcast. It's going to be great. It might all die after this conversation. No, so. no, no, but, no. Um, this is good. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I really struggle with the idea of calling at least, at least personally, like mm-hmm. call to, vocational ministry yeah and that like that phrase like i'll kind of dialogue on that phrase a little bit too i think that's kind of a funky idea right um and you know you know i'm really going to talk about myself because i really truly believe that there are individuals who are called to full-time ministry in the local church that's absolutely yeah yes and amen (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh, so i'm just strictly talking about myself here and and maybe there there will be those out there that maybe identify a little bit but um or maybe it'll help clarify some of their wrestling too. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like that, that idea of like vocational ministry, like even like the word vocation, mm-hmm. um, is kind of like a, a confusing, sure. a confusing word. Like you ask the average person, what is your vocation? And they're immediately going to think day job. What do I do to earn a paycheck? Right. But, um, I read a helpful book. Um, one of the first classes I took, um, in college, um, at CCU, uh, it was a book called Courage and Calling, hmm. um, which I should go back and read again. I've only read it the one time, and even then I probably didn't read the whole thing. Because <laughs> it was <laughs> college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who who wrote that? Who's the author? Um, man, I, I can't remember okay. off the top of my head. All right. um, maybe I'll, we can, I'll tell you later. You can put it in the show notes. Yeah, or I'll, <laughs> yeah I, can, I can look it up too. So. Yeah. Um, um, great book though. Um, yeah. And he, he brought up the idea of vocation, and mm-hmm. it's, it has stuck with me since I read this book portion of the book um and he's talking about how the word vocation is like a like a hebrew word like it came from Mm. like the early church okay so maybe yeah like maybe not a hebrew word whatever but it came from like the early church like a a word to define um what like your god-given like gifting and wiring to participate with him right in the restoration of creation. Yeah. So it like has a lot more to do with his plan and his overall grand right. story than it does with like my individual salvation and participation in a local church. Sure. Um, well, and also more to do the, more to do with it than just, you know, getting a paycheck yeah. to, you know, to, to punch a clock and lead songs on Sunday and, right. you know, meet with people and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's, it's an actual, 
like that probably gets more to the heart of calling, mm-hmm. you know, than, than yeah. what we, you know, what we typically think of as, you know, that, yeah. that clear, you know, the, the yeah. clouds parting and God saying like, you know, yeah. you shall be my worship leader yes. in this church, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm picking you out and like for this task. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, I definitely, definitely believe that like, you know, the Lord has presented me with the the opportunities that I've had and Mm -hmm. taken and participated in, like in the local church. Um, So there's like that aspect of, of things too. Like, um, but as far as like my calling to local church ministry, um, I, I I struggle with it because I feel like I have a call Mm -hmm. to partner with God in his work in the world. So Mm. like, I, I just kind of go back more to like the overall storyline of scripture and how my life intersects with that storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of this journey has kind of, or some of this, um, like these thoughts and ideas of, as, as I've tried to like unpack this, yeah. um, has come from some conversations I had in Mexico city with, um, a guy who leads a, a nonprofit down there, um, that, that were really mm-hmm. instrumental in yeah. kind of helping develop some of my, Sure. thoughts around this because sure. um you know it just like it takes time to like wrestle through this and try to figure Absolutely. out like where do i land on this because yeah. i you know if i'm called to ministry i want to be in ministry but if right. i'm you know there's all these there's just for me it hasn't been like a clear answer to that yeah and um i mean i could interpret my story in ministry two ways like uh-huh. i just happened to like find my way into ministry like i volunteered my way into a job <laughs> right. you know right or that was god's call on my life to like right. be in full-time ministry yeah, it was all preordained and yeah and, and set you know mm-hmm. the path was set before you and those are probably deeper theological yeah. questions than than even i'm you know capable of, of handling but yeah that sounded really egotistical <laughs> those, those are deeper than even things that i can talk about and i can go pretty deep so. Because I, I mean, yes, yeah. I know all of the theologies of the of the eschatological <laughs> things of the, yes. of the thing. Um, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm. What I meant to say was, I cannot go that deep into yeah. theology because I right. ain't that smart. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I and I'm not either. That's why I'm like still wrestling well, through this. But <laughs> well, um, and that's yeah, and and I think that's a, I think that's a good word of encouragement to, you know, especially to younger worship leaders, you know, I, because, you know, what that, that becomes a, it can become a sticking point for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, is this really what I'm meant to do? Or people will stay, you know, stuck in a position or stuck Mm -hmm. under bad leadership or, Mm -hmm. you know, stuck doing something that they hate or maybe even weren't even made to do. Yeah. Because they feel called, you know, because someone told them like, oh, you're, you're called to this place. And so you just need to, you just need to keep your head down and gut Mm -hmm. it out and do it. And yeah, there are, there are aspects of this job that we do, Mm -hmm. um, that, that require that, but it can, it can be used, I think sometimes as a, as a weapon, Mm -hmm. you know, to, or a chain, you know, to keep people stuck somewhere, you know, because, oh, well, you're called. 
you're just, this is what you have to do, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and that can be really destructive for people. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, a young worship leader or you're, or heck, maybe if you're an old worship leader and you're one of those people who just feels like you've been nailed down to, you mm-hmm. know, to this position, like, you know, feel free to wrestle with your calling, mm-hmm. you know, and, and feel free to wrestle with what that means. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to get back to your story. We can maybe, maybe revisit that and unpack some more of that soon. So you, yeah. you were volunteering, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're singing on the worship team, mm-hmm. um, at Flatirons and then, you know, then what kinds of opportunities presented themselves to, yeah. to move that along? Yeah. So I, I think I actually came to you, throwing out the idea of an internship because mm-hmm. I was like, I think I want to be in full-time ministry. I brought up the idea of an internship with you. Um, and and that kind of, you know, I don't know how much that played into like actually ending up becoming an intern. Right. Um, you know, things transpired and the team changed a lot and, mm-hmm. and I was volunteering under um, a different leader by the time I became an intern right. at Flatirons. And, right. um at that point, it was like, you know, just running a million miles an hour. Like the church, Flatirons was just like mm-hmm. growing faster than they could handle almost, you know, mm-hmm. um, and had one staff guy running the worship ministry, mm-hmm. six services a weekend, you know, he's right. getting worn out. And yeah. so he starts looking to his team right. to like figure out who are some people on my team that can sh- like shoulder some of the some of the burden. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I remember he, he pulled uh, me and, uh, and my buddy Tommy, mm-hmm. um, aside after one, one weekend and, and just like threw out the idea of becoming interns. Yeah. Um, and he had, at the same time was talking to a couple other people, Jenny and Mike, yeah. um, about like contracting. So there were four of us that were kind of pulled in to yeah. help support a little bit at that time. Tommy and I were young though. I think I was like, yeah. um, I was 20, 21. I was 21, I think, when I became an intern. Um, so my first job in ministry. Right. And well, and fairly newly married. Like, when did, yeah. you, when did you and Allie get married? Um, like, that around that time. Okay. It was like, yeah, yeah. All that happened kind of in a similar, right. like, season of time. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got married in 2011. Okay. Um, and I think I became an intern in 2010. Okay. So, yeah. So I interned for a little bit before. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, like he, he sat us down and was like, hey, you know, would like to throw out the idea of you guys becoming interns, you know, and Tommy and I like internally were like, like he wanted us to like go and think about it. <laughs> and we were like, you know, like, can I just like say yeah, like right yeah, now? Can I just, so, yeah, can I just accept this? Right. Give me papers to sign. Yeah, give me something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was working at Starbucks at the time and I was like, just mm-hmm. couldn't wait to take this opportunity yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um you know jumping on my skin excited um and tommy and i went and like we just left the conversation and walked over to starbucks and <laughs> talked talk for a while about how excited we were to accept right. the offer right <laughs> so <laughs> yeah uh which was great nice um, but nice. uh so yeah we you know we, we became interns um and there was no structure for an intern right when we came on (laughs) so pretty much what we did for the first several months was sit in our offices and think about 
what we might end up doing at some right. point in time whenever somebody needed something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I'm getting a picture in my head of like you and Tommy just like sitting there waiting. Like every time somebody walks past the door, be like, you, you need anything? <laughs> yeah. you, you like a cup of coffee? Or, or I'd, be, I'd be happy I could, to get you a cup could, of coffee. Can right I now. sing you a song while you make copies? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything. So, um, so really, I mean, really it was like, uh, for most of that, it was like, at least to like on ramp to interning was right. just be a hundred percent available to lead. Sure. Um, so now for me, like I had enough of a musical uphill battle to fight to where I could spend. No, I'm, I'm actually serious. <laughs> so I I, yeah. I rolled my eyes because yeah. I, I I disagree. But um, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, and, and granted, a lot a lot of it was for sure in my own head, but. Um, you know, I like, I had a lot of musical uphill battles to fight to like, sure. okay, to hang with the level of music that was happening. Um, so I could spend a good chunk of time during the week putting in the work right. to be able to like show up and actually, you know, not be the guy that doesn't know what's happening <laughs> at rehearsal. <laughs> Which was my role when I, when I worked there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, yeah, you guys are better yeah. than I am. So, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, one of those things was like, I didn't grow up learning to play music with a metronome so like okay. learning to play in time was really hard for me mm. and you know playing with a metronome right. at Flatirons was the first time I'd ever done that right. so trying to lead I remember like transitions between sections mm-hmm. I'd be counting the beats <laughs> that are passing right. so I make sure I come in on the one <laughs> like that's what's happening in my right. head so I'm, I'm not leading worship sure. <laughs> I'm just yeah. thinking about the music yep. and making sure that I don't yeah. like train wreck things oh. <laughs> um, so that was like er- early early on like that's sure. all I was focused on yeah. it's like I need to you know work really hard to you know right. at least be able to lead this one song they gave sure. me for this weekend <laughs> <laughs> so um, Tommy on the other hand you know pitch perfect um, just you yeah. could hear a door squeak and tell you what note it is. Back, yeah, and yeah, it was a beast. Beast. So yeah, great musician. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I had kind of this dynamic going, and um, this kind of became. It wasn't like a competition thing between me and Tommy as much as it was me just like constantly feeling like I can't keep up mm. to what's happening here. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so then wrestling again with calling, like I'm, I'm obviously called to do this. Like what I've done with like my whole life has led me here. Right. Why can't I, like, why am I not good enough? Like right. feeling like I've been given the, the call right. and not been equipped yeah. to do it. You know? <laughs> so there was like the, this, this wrestling um, sure. for the whole time. But, you know, in my immaturity and my like growing was like, well, I guess I just need to suck it up and, hmm you know just figure out how to swim right, right. <laughs> you know um and you know and meanwhile not tell anybody how i'm doing or how overwhelmed i actually right. am you know mm-hmm. and did that for a long time until like one weekend i just like came unraveled like mm. on stage by myself in front of three plus thousand people oh wow teaching this song just me and my acoustic guitar oh wow <laughs> Um, uh, what did that unraveling look like? Like, uh, I mean, it was bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's recorded somewhere. Just don't go asking too many people. You'll probably find it. But, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, teaching the 
teaching the people this new song that we're going to start singing mm-hmm. as a church. Yeah. It's a wonderful song called Cornerstone, which mm-hmm. I get cold sweats every time I sing it now. <laughs> Not really. I'm, I'm, I've come around to it. But, <laughs> Good. Um, great song. But I, you know, didn't have, I think part of, part of the pressure that, you know, was maybe an actual, an ac- probably some of it was like an actual pressure to like mm-hmm. we don't lower songs we sing them in the key that they were written right type of pressure but i probably like blew that up in my head a little bit more than i needed right. to like, yeah i can't lower this right uh, so i just wasn't even thinking about that being an option meanwhile the song is way too high for me mm. like just completely out of my range yeah um especially to be singing it just me and my guitar sure. so instead of like moving my capo down a whole step or taking it off right <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, when the band's not even playing and yeah. singing it in a different key, I just didn't even, right. you know. But, um, so I'm just butchering this oh, song. Man. And meanwhile, like, I've got this, you know, had my mix was set for, like, playing with a whole band, you know. And I'm trying to lead this song, but my mix is, like, a little bit just kind of muffly sounding. Yeah. And I can hear, like, more than anything here, like, the reverberation in my head than right. <laughs> than anything else. So my pitch is all over the place. I'm just like butchering oh, the song. Um, and my boss is backstage like just, you know, losing it. Like, right. not, like this is not going well. This is not, this is, this is not what we had in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so he, uh, you know, like Saturday night had wrapped up, um, you know, we're like, we're working through it. And I, I don't know if it was between the two services on Saturday or after the last one. Um, he pulled me aside. And he was like, like, what's going on? You're like on another planet. Hmm. And that was, that was it. Um, you know, I think yeah. he was, he was in the monitor pit trying to help figure out what was wrong with my mix, you know, right. but you know, it's just not the, yeah, yeah. nothing was helping, but right. the only like feedback I was getting was you're on another planet. Right. And yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm on another planet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, what do you, so what, what do you do with that? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, you're just on another planet. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and just being like really young in ministry and, you know, not having, you know, spending all this time, like trying to just like pretend like I've got my act together and I'm not mm-hmm. overwhelmed and I'm like, you know, <clears throat> doing my job. Um, I think like one of the things that I think Jim had been, he had coached me on at some point prior to this, like mm. some, like something for you to work on in leadership, Luke, is to not let, you know, if, if somebody says something or does something that doesn't sit right with you to not mm-hmm. just let it roll off your back and, right. um, you know, just pretend like it's fine. So like standard me is like, just let it go and mm-hmm. not confront or like try to right. make peace in a situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so I like, I tried to lean into this a little bit like, okay, okay I'm going to talk to my boss about how the feedback of you're on another planet while not giving me any other coaching or like trying to help me right. realize I can take the capo off or, right. you, know, <laughs> you know, or like all these other options. Right. Um, like I, I should have thought of that on my own, um, but you know those those types of things would have been helpful, right? More so than you're just on another planet. So yeah. I tried to like lean into that and just kind of bring that up with him, and um, 
and just say, Hey, like, I know, you know, I was, no, I was struggling trying to be respectful in this conversation. And, um, but it just wasn't that helpful Mm. to only like have you tell me that I'm on another planet. Like I know I'm on another planet, (laughs) but I need, I need some help finding my way through this. Right. Um, and maybe giving me some coaching on where exactly I'm. How do I get back to earth? You know, like, yeah. So, so yeah, trying to, trying to just kind of bring that up and have a healthy dialogue around it and and ask for what I felt like I needed from him right? Um, rather than just letting it go and trying to, you know, feel better about it on my mm-hmm. own later. Yeah. Um, and he pulled me backstage and um, he said three things that looking back on, I needed to hear verbatim, like the way that he said them. Mm. So I'll say it on here if like if a swear word is okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so he's like, you need to get your shit together. You're never going to be good enough for this and you're never going to have what it takes. So like those were like, you know, like like hitting me like, you know, really hard in the oh moment. Oh my gosh. Um, was it, so this was like during the services? This no, was so this, services? this was, okay. I, I worked up the courage to have the conversation after church was said okay. and done. So, okay. yeah. So he, right. he led the song on Sunday morning after I had destroyed it on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Which was, it, which was great. Cause it has like, to be, it like, has please. to be great. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. uh, so, um, so yeah. And then, you know, um, to, to wrap up that story, I'll get back to those, those three phrases, but, um, so, you know, I didn't see him again until Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I went to the office on Monday yeah, um, and Tuesday. He wasn't there on Tuesday and he saw him on Wednesday and, um, like one of the, I think the first time I saw him on Wednesday, he like came and grabbed me from my office and had me come follow him to his office where HR guy was sitting. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm having and, a little... PTSD right now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so sorry. You go ahead. This is your story. Mm-hmm. It's not my story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, so you know has has a hard conversation with me and just basically lays out like I don't think you have what it takes to do this. Um, so uh, we're gonna have to let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know hard conversation. Uh, I don't even really remember how the conversation went. Just kind of like a blur. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I leave his office and uh, Michael, the H- HR guy, um, I mean, he was CFO, HR, kind of all-encompassing mm-hmm. at the time. Um, we walked out of the office together um, and ended up, you know, he had me, like, follow him into his office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he basically laid out, like, hey, we're not firing you from Flatirons, um, which was a, mm-hmm. you know, this crazy experience to just go like okay i just got let go now what yeah to just a few minutes later being told like we're you know just keep showing up and we'll find something for you was basically how that conversation (laughs) right (laughs) um (laughs) we're gonna need you to move your stuff down to storage basement b yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly or like elf in the mail room or something right yeah but uh (laughs) um it's a magical place. It's a magical place. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I had this, you know, whole journey from there of like, you know, what am I going to be doing? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jordan, Jordan Terrell was the college pastor at that time. Mm-hmm. 
and he was really trying to launch these college campus ministries. And yep. um, so it was this, kind of this perfect situation um, yeah. to where he needed some help. And I needed a place to go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a way out of the mailroom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. So I ended up working on his team for a while. Yeah. And then somewhere in the midst of that, um, ended up leading uh, a little bit on Friday nights for the recovery ministry and just finding these other pockets of ministry to, to work in yeah. um, and to develop some of my skills in. Um, sure. And which was all good experience for right. me. You know, I got experience building teams for mm-hmm. college campus ministries yeah. and trying to run something on my own, you right. know, um, for the first time really. Yeah. Um, doing a setup teardown thing and all that goes into all of yeah. that, you know, and having just different types of leadership opportunities. Yeah. Um, you were basically, <clears throat> may- maybe your calling was is to be a church planter. Um, you know? <laughs> That's a, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Sorry. Let me just confuse you even more. I'm just <laughs> yeah. throwing other things out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, man, there's just, there's so many layers to my journey with, sure. with all of it. But, you know, end up, my wife and I were almost going to move to Chicago. My wife has always had a dream of becoming a, um, a physician assistant. Mm. And um, she got accepted to PA school in Chicago. Oh, wow. And so we went out there. I was interviewing for a church so that we could move mm-hmm. and um you know while she was doing her i can't remember if she interviewed at the school at the same time or how that went basically we we went out to chicago to figure out how we we're going to make this work right. um i think she interviewed before and got accepted and then i was interviewing so okay that makes sense um yeah really bad at details <laughs> that's all right but um <laughs> um i'll edit it together in, in order and <laughs> in some sort of coherent way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, anyways, we were going to move to Chicago. You can sure. maybe just like leave it at that. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so my wife could go to school. Um, but you know, we were out there and we, um, we were, <laughs> you know, I, I won't go too much into that story, but it's kind of funny. We were out there. We were like, we just need like, you know, we're trying to decide, is this a good move for us? And we're like, we just need to find like a park to mm. walk around in and like, yeah. think about this. So we like get out our our phones and we're like looking for like a park in Chicago, right? And we're, we find this like nature preserve. Okay, like sweet. This sounds yeah. awesome. So we go to this nature preserve uh-huh. and find it to be surrounded by highways, <laughs> just like it's this like field of dead trees. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a, maybe a pond with a trail around right. it and just like very large highways <laughs> right. on every other side you, of you'd it. You'd been in Colorado too long, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we have all yeah. this open space and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's probably just like that. Exactly. No, it's, it's just like a culvert in yeah. the middle of like... They're like, <laughs> we, there's not enough room here for a skyscraper, so... <laughs> we'll call it a nature preserve. <laughs> Let all the water drain into it. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So we had this like adult meltdown and like, like yeah. <laughs> this is not going to work. Like oh, man. we don't want to move to Chicago. Um, yeah. You know, there's a, a lot more to that story, but basically just decided not to move to Chicago. Okay. Wasn't just because of the highways and the mm-hmm. fake nature preserve. <laughs> 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 but um, uh, so, you know, we decided to stay. Um, and meanwhile, back at Flatirons, all this like, church planting idea was or like expansion right. conversation was happening they had gone through all the do we need to like 
you know, renovate the main auditorium and add another balcony so we can fit more seats in here. Cause again, they're just growing like crazy right. and they landed on satellite campus. Mm -hmm. So, um, they never would have called it satellite campus. <laughs> one church in two locations. Right. That's um, right. It's not a satellite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satellite's a bad word. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they were in the middle of, you know, kind of figuring that out, landed on that. Um, <clears throat> and something happened with the guy that they had pulled out for that mm. campus mm -hmm. to where he wasn't going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. And like kind of right when I was telling them that I was actually going to be sticking around, they were like, huh, because yeah. we're, we're finding ourselves in need of right. a campus worship pastor to yep. like lead this, lead this campus. So Just keep working mm. your way further up from that mailroom, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> ended up, ended up leading the campus for three years and helping launch that team, which was an incredible experience. And I think those were like the, um, the best three years mm. of, of ministry yeah. that, uh, that I had. Yeah. So, um, just super exciting time. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, though, there was like always this cloud, right, mm. of like the first several years of ministry and like just the the hard times of like, right. you know, blowing up on stage and then like, right. you know, having these like phrases told to me and all these things and sure. just like kind of feeling that ceiling, you know, like yeah. the musical ceiling that I was always bumping up against right. or at least perceiving yeah. like was there and like right. it was like really solid and there was no way through right. well and um, then to have yeah to have that tape playing in your head of like yeah get your shit together yeah you'll never be good enough for this and you, you, you just know, don't like, know what it takes yeah yeah like that that those are really really powerfully negative mm. narratives that you don't just let go of easily yeah you know so yeah. i can yeah talk about a cloud like that's that's more like a, you know, thick layer of just mm -hmm. horrible smog with, you know, some, you know, toxic waste yeah. <laughs> swirling around yeah. in it, man. That's, that's yeah. rough. Yeah. So. so, I mean, the, you know, we could, I think maybe it'd be good to kind of like take, uh, like kind of go from, go from there with, with those phrases, um, because yeah. the beauty of what he told me mm. is those were like, so like I look back on that conversation as like the Lord, like waking me up to the mm. three things that had been ruling my life, my entire mm. life. <laughs> wow. Like just like that was like my fundamental baseline wow. belief. Wow. So, um, just kind of like, and then like, you know, that's how it would show up in life. You right. Know? Um, and wow. so, <clears throat> you know, I had to do some work on that and, um, you know, that led to lots of, um, I mean, all of that, you know, there was, there's so much like mess involved in like trying to cope with that oh, sure. um, and trying to yeah. not knowing what to do with those feelings, you right. know, not really, really being able to name those feelings right? and just trying to like <laughs> figure <laughs> out how to like walk around numb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. So just shut it all off and yeah. and, and mm -hmm. manage your way through life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um so yeah, lots of lots of baggage there that we don't need to get into, but um next time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but you know, it is really, really uh, good to be able to like be woken up to sure. Like 
these things are lies about right. you, but you need to hear them <laughs> sure, in order to like see, like see, like this is ruling you. Mm. You believe you need to get your shit together. You right. believe you don't want to have, you don't have what it takes. You believe you're not going right. to be good enough. Like pretty much in every scenario. Right. So, so in a way, like what, what was, you know, a really hurtful thing was basically just like your, your self-talk, yeah. <laughs> being relayed back to you yeah you know? verbally from we, someone yeah, else from like, someone else needed yeah. someone else That's, to like say it. yeah yeah oh, so man. um had a ton of unpacking to do with right. that you know and I'm still unpacking different layers of that sure um and you know working with the counselor and all that kind of stuff right. to to work through all of right. that stuff i mean there's just so many layers to like oh. why you yeah or why I, you know, <laughs> no, you can, you, you can lump me into that. Sure. I'll, I'll take, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll walk that road with you, man. Sweet, cool. <laughs> that's, awesome. That's, that's good that's, to know. That's but. me also. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that phrase might stick. I, I'm going to get some t-shirts made. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. I'll uh, wear one. Um, yeah. Awesome. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, that, you know, that's the, that's the good side of all that. So, sure. you know, all that to say, maybe there's some encouragement in the, um, there's just, there's no part of your life or your story or your right. ministry journey that isn't, you know, or that is wasted. Right. You know, it's, yeah. there's growth to be had through right. all these different experiences. Right. Um, and like, every like just looking back and like at all these different experiences and <clears throat> the person I was back then versus the person I was now and just realizing like how at work in me right. the spirit of God mm. was mm-hmm. and continues to be like right. all of these moments and like experiences right. and even the feeling of like I have this musical ceiling I can't break through and I'm like always trailing behind everybody else and like um, why do I have to work four times harder than everybody else just to like produce the same result (laughs) Um, if I'm called to this why does it (laughs) happen this way for me you know Um, Uh, but like just you know all those things like the Lord uses all of that to just chip away at the, the version of me that I've become in this Right. broken world right you know yeah um and yeah, to like get back to like yeah who i am that's you a, know that's a beautiful so beautiful <clears throat> image and a, a yeah. great way to put that mm. it, um yeah because we build up all this stuff around ourselves to you know protect ourselves from others but also i think in a way to protect ourselves from ourselves mm-hmm. you know to to be like yeah this is how i feel about myself what what kind of image can i construct Mm-hmm. And I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. This is all just me mm-hmm. you know, BSing because um, there's a mic in front of me. And yeah. I have a podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I can, I can, uh, you know, build this thing <clears throat> up to protect myself from this, this ugly image that I have in my head, but yeah. that still lives down there somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that needs to be rooted out. Yeah. And then the chipping away needs to happen. And then the, like, yeah. it's just such a, it, it, it's a, it's a process and it's hard, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, what a necessary one. And what, I mean, I, you know, I, I look at you now, you know, on the other side of all this stuff that you went through and yeah, I mean, I see, 
I see a man who, and maybe you don't feel this way, but I see a man who's at peace, you know, mm-hmm. who's, you know, when, when I see you stand on a stage, you know, like at New Denver, I see you take that stage with confidence, you know, mm-hmm. and I see you, you know, being, being who you were called and made to be, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's not to say that you're, you know, that I'm saying like, Oh, you're, you're always going to lead worship in a church. Like, mm-hmm. although this is just a break that you're on. <laughs> um, and, you know, but I, I, I don't know all that stuff. I just mm-hmm. know that there is something that lives in you. There's a, mm-hmm. there's something that God put inside of you that, that you have, that he wants you to share, you know, mm-hmm. with his body. And, and, you know, I, a couple of things that that stuck out to me there's a phrase that i've heard just for years and years and i'm still trying to figure out if it's a lie <laughs> um but the you know the old cliche phrase that that god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called yeah. you know mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that's somehow been misconstrued mm-hmm. to to mean like okay well i've been called to this so i should just be instantly you know instantly have all the talent that i need instantly have all the equipment that i need all of the like all the skills that i would ever need for 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 god to call me into this they didn't just magically appear like yeah (laughs) this is all they did for that guy right it did for that guy (laughs) you know i i'm wondering if because i like i like I've said, I, I see you as a, as a very talented person and this isn't, you know, like a therapy session between Mm -hmm. the two of us, but you are very talented. I love your Mm -hmm. voice. You play guitar way better than me. Um, and you know, it's like saying, I feel like when, when you had that conversation and, and you're feeling all these things of like, man, I'm, you know, I'm outclassed, I'm outpaced talent wise. I'm out this, that, and the other, like, well, no, like you, you were still equipped. Like you mm-hmm. could, you can still play guitar really well. You yeah. you sing really well. You can lead worship really well. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's like saying, you know, it's like taking a, you know, a professional football player and saying, now we're going to send you into space. Mm-hmm. God, you're a shitty astronaut. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. like, why aren't, why aren't yeah. you any better at being an astronaut? It's like, well, because I'm a professional football player. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. so it, it, you yeah. know, I, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like that becomes a, a narrative for a lot of worship leaders too, of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm not as good as that person. Or I'm not as good as all these people over here mm-hmm. that I'm surrounded by. It's like, well, it doesn't mean that you're not called to this. Yeah. It just means that maybe you're in the you're in the wrong place at the right mm-hmm. time, you know, or even maybe the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, yeah, you, there may be things that yeah. you still do need to learn, but yeah. but like, don't. It would be a mistake, I feel like, for worship leaders to misconstrue mm-hmm. calling with comparing yourself to to other yeah. people who are in a different phase of life, who are in a you know who have different experiences, different education, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, so yeah, to to hear that you've you know that you've done that hard work and and looked in that in that mirror, you know, and are still doing that hard work. I don't want to say like, way to go, Luke, figured it out, buddy. <laughs> Nailed it. On to the to next one. Nailed it. On to the next one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, next year is going to be so lucky to have yeah. me, you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah. So I, you know, I would want you to be encouraged and, and, and others who are having to do that, that hard yeah. work right now, yeah. um, of figuring out like, is this really what I'm called to do? It's, mm-hmm. it's such a multifaceted, idea oh, yeah. it's not it's not just as simple as like 
you know, I mean, it can be as simple as, yeah, there's this seed that lives inside of you that says yeah. like, yeah, no, this is, this is kind of the, the tiny little furnace mm-hmm. that'll just keep you going toward it. Yeah. It might not flame up into the, you know, full thing that it needs to be until sometime later in life. But like, yeah. you know, don't, don't misconstrue that, that, you know, calling no matter how small it could be or, or how big it could be for, you know, and don't let that get squashed by comparing yourself to others, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's, yeah. you know, that's one of the big lessons that, that you learn. It's a lesson mm-hmm. I still have to learn. You know, yeah. I, I still feel like, you know, Oh, that guy, that guy made it. And that guy's, you know, got another <laughs> album coming out yeah. and, and, and <clears throat> you know, that, that gal over there is getting way more opportunities mm-hmm. than I, you know, if, if only people knew what I've done and yeah. what I, you know, yeah. and I just get into this, like, Oh God, I'm the worst. Why do, yeah. <laughs> why God, would you ever let me do this thing? You yeah. know? And so yeah. I, on some level, it probably doesn't ever go away. It's a, it's a very, you know, it's a very powerful narrative to overcome. Yeah. But, um, but it sounds like you're really doing the hard work. Um, yeah. And there's, so. I mean, it, there's a lot of good things that can come out of it. I mean, like right. being in an environment just for the sake of professional development. Right that feels like you're just way behind right is like you know i would say that's been the best experience for mm. me in my professional yeah. musical development right you know right <laughs> um and you know we're, we're starting to blur some lines here between like and this maybe we can hit on a little bit too yeah. just the the idea of musical quality and sure production and right than worship and ministry and like those lines and things. This is a conversation I like to have, but, um, (laughs) but you know, being in that environment, that musical environment that was like light years beyond Mm -hmm. where I perceived myself and my own abilities, um, I would say is the reason why now I I like actually, I feel like I have some good skills musically that I didn't have then. Right. And it was just because I had to show up and sure. You just have to do it. Do this work. I'm like yeah. expected to stand on that stage yeah. and sing a song that I'm not comfortable with. Right. Yep. It's like, you know, I'm a worship guy. Why am I singing Foo Fighters? Right. You know, <laughs> and I have to, uh, like, it's yeah. how I earn my paycheck That's here. That's part of the job. So, That's part of the job. I used to joke when, mm-hmm. when I was on staff there that I was the highest paid karaoke singer in, <laughs> in, in, yeah. the, in the, you know, in the Rocky Mountain region. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, it, I, some of the worst like performance, like performance related nightmares I've ever had were, you know, were from times when I was, was there and, and, you know, but it, you know, I, I think that does, that that's one of the things that really strikes at the heart of this idea of chasing Sunday is mm-hmm. that, um, is that, yeah, like you, you are expected mm-hmm. to perform and this isn't just at, you know, at a big mega church that does, you know that does cover songs and all that kind of stuff. Like it can be at any, any church where, where the standard of, of quality is -hmm. almost held higher than the standard of like, you know, say content or community, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that, that can really wear you. I think that can wear you down probably faster than criticism or even maybe having, Mm -hmm. you know, having those hard conversations that you were talking about, you know, and it's, I'm wondering, and and maybe we can touch on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, 
in this age that we're in right now with, you know, churches having to shut down and scale things back and, and, and do things differently as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, like what, what do you see as ways that we, that the church can maybe break out of that cycle of, Mm -hmm. of just like, nah, Sunday just always has to be the best thing ever, Mm -hmm. you know, like you always have to sing cornerstone in tune and, you know, make sure that it is in the album key in the album key and make sure that it sounds just so, and all this kind of stuff. Like what opportunities do you see that Mm -hmm. the church has now to sort of break out of some of that? What, yeah. yeah, What, what have you seen so far? I mean, it's such a, such a good question. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best place to start. Um, with that question um yeah i stumped you yes yeah no i mean i've got a lot of a <laughs> lot of thoughts just trying to figure out how to yeah dive into that a little bit um yeah i mean there's something to be said for like this week after week after week mm-hmm. um i need to make a set list and i need to prep a band and um, right. create this high quality experience, uh, you know, so like when people come here, it's not gonna be an awkward experience. And, right. um, you know, hopefully some people who don't know Jesus won't be turned off by the good news right. because of, you know, bad church music or something. <laughs> um, and, and, and putting in the work, you know, chasing Sunday after Sunday, right. um, to do all this, like there's a lot of things that can happen in that, that repetitive, mm-hmm week after week thing um, that can really pull you into like just making it happen. Right. You know, I definitely experienced that a lot. Like we just have to make this happen. We just have to make sure that there's something quality on, on Sunday. And so the conversations in planning um, because there's this pressure to like, to perform yeah. and to like meet the expectation yeah. um, that you've set for people right. um, that that takes up all of your planning conversation. Right. Um, so you're not talking about why are you inviting all these people to right. this room? Right. You know, like yeah. what, what are they coming for? Yeah. Um, instead we're at like answering the questions like, um, or, or even in debrief meetings of the right. last weekend, like what went well? Well, um, so-and-so thought that that song was incredible right. or like that thing was killer or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the vibe was great, you yeah. know, or like, yeah. and these are the things that we talk about, you know? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we kind of subconsciously know yeah. what we're chasing after for Sunday and why we're sure. doing this thing. But sure. when we're like, we've developed this thing. And I think like the, this is strictly just me talking. So I might make some enemies of your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Go for uh, So, I mean, there's going to be people on, you know, all sides of this coin and and there's probably not even, I, you know, we'd probably land on pretty level playing ground if we had time to like, really like hash through all this stuff. But, um, cause there's so many like nuanced sides to this conversation, but, um, there's, I th- I think that the like the modern church has like um cu- I've got a couple thoughts happening. Okay. Um <laughs> maybe we'll try and touch on both, but I think the modern church has um developed this idea that like church is about 
getting people in the door and to do that mm-hmm. you have to create something that's like worth them showing up for like right. i mean i've had, heard i remember conversations about like you know they could go be doing something else on a saturday right. night like what are we going to do that's going to make them want to be here right right and while that may there may be a good reason to ask that question i just don't think it's the the question that like the church should be like solely focusing on like right. what can we create to get people in here right and slap the sticker on it of saying like so that they can meet Jesus right you know right when really like nothing about our planning has anything to do with how are we going to give them Jesus right you know and how right. how are they going to encounter the presence of God right this weekend yep um you know, without, you know, without thinking about the cool pad sound right. and like <laughs> the EQ on the kick drum right. and like all this, yeah. all this stuff, like, cause those are the keys to sure. where the spirit lives. Well, and there's, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a place for that. Right. Like again, the, yeah. it, it, you, you tiptoe this line between quality, which I mm-hmm. think that God does call us to do things that are, that, that are good, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that yeah. sound good, that, that are good, that look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm reading, uh, I just finished up reading Exodus, you know, uh, yesterday and you know, the, the level of detail that yeah. God goes into with, with Moses and with the mm-hmm. Israelites saying like, yeah. yeah, I want it to look like this. Mm-hmm. I want it to smell like this. I want it to sound like this. I want it to feel like this. Yeah. Like, and he calls are, like the the most skilled craftsmen. Yeah, all the most skilled like, craftsmen to put and, this and, together. And, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And like, a, a, you know, a guy makes his own gold thread. You know, like out of pure gold. It's you incredible. know, it's like yeah. who, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and and, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think that God does care about quality, and He mm-hmm. does want us to do really well. Yeah. But but when you do that at the at at the expense of of engaging with the heart, because mm-hmm. that's what re- God was really after mm-hmm. with all that stuff is like, I want you to do all this stuff, but you're doing this for me. Like mm-hmm. you're doing yeah. this to create a space where where my presence can come and 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 we can we can be together in yeah. this in this place mm-hmm. it, it wasn't because like yeah i want you to make this out of acacia wood and i want you to you know it has to be one continuous thing of cloth for the curtain mm-hmm. because that would look so cool and the amalekites and all the other people from all these other places around are going to come to the tabernacle and be like that freaking <laughs> looks amazing yeah. <laughs> you know it's yeah, like totally. no you you do mm-hmm. all this because I, God was setting them apart to say yeah. like I mm-hmm. care about these things because I care about how you're engaging your heart and because I want to create this space for us yeah. to to be and and the people around us are going to see that mm-hmm. and they're going to be like they're different mm-hmm. like they're doing something weird you mm-hmm. know like that yeah. guy made gold thread <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I've never done that before mm-hmm. you know so I. I just feel like, yeah, this this idea of the, the attractional, you know, that that term having, I don't even know if it's still being used. It, may, it might be to 2010, but <laughs> this, you know, that attractional model of ministry, yeah. uh, I feel like has worn a little bit thin. And, mm-hmm. and especially during this time mm-hmm. when you really don't have anything to attract them to. Yeah. Like, 
people can't come to your, you know, well, yeah. I mean, things are starting to open mm-hmm. up a little bit more now, but mm-hmm. for a while they're like, yeah, I mean, you can watch us online, but mm-hmm. you can't come into our building right now. And so there were a lot of things that we couldn't do mm-hmm. and, and couldn't produce that we normally produce on a Sunday right. that, that now we have to think about this differently. And it, it just begs the question, like, so if, if people were still engaging or maybe, maybe some places, um, you know, they saw a drop in engagement because mm-hmm. they didn't have this great show to go to, or it wasn't mm-hmm. as cool to watch it online. Yeah. So how now are we going to engage those yeah. people going forward? Like we, mm-hmm. we've seen, yeah, so it's, maybe it wasn't ever about the quality, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe there was something deeper going on that people were really attracted to Yeah, that was drawing them in. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, uh, yeah, totally agree 100% with everything you're saying. Like the quality is is not the problem. Right. You know, it's the like, it's that subtle shift that happens for me. I'll speak for me. Okay. That happens. I think I'm probably speaking for a lot of other people probably. too. Probably. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the subtle shift from I know why I'm doing this. Right. To like doing it week after week after week. Right. That you just start to slide into this like I just have to produce this experience. Right. And and your motivation is no longer. You'll tell yourself your motivation is so that people hear the gospel. Right. But really, like, your driving motivation is because you feel this pressure to, right. like, we've built this thing that they're expecting now. Right. And in order to keep them here, we have to keep delivering. Right. And almost keep delivering more yeah. than we did last week. Well, you know? and, and you're, you're um, in, in some ways, I think that you're managing expectations mm-hmm. based on an assumption yeah. that that's why everyone came through the door in the first place. Yeah. We, we kind know? of like dupe ourselves into believing right. that it's like, like they're here for what we've been able to produce. Sure. Yeah. When in the meantime, like, mm-hmm. you know, I always believe and, and believed then when, when I was on staff there and, and still believe it now, like there is something always going on underneath mm-hmm. what's happening in our service that is drawing people that is wooing people that's working on people's hearts that's mm-hmm. convicting people i mean that's that's what the presence of god does when we gather in mm-hmm. these in these spaces to worship him and not that it doesn't matter what i do like mm-hmm. you know it's it's going to be a lot harder for people to engage with that presence if mm-hmm. i get up on stage and just start you know singing nonsense into my microphone and just, you know, strumming my guitar, you know, yeah. in open chords and, and, and right. making horrible noises, you know, like yeah, absolutely. that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of the opposite of, of what we want to have happen. Mm-hmm. But yep. like, you know, what, one of, I get asked a lot and even though I'm, you know, like 10 years removed now from 11 years removed now from having been on staff at Flatirons, I still get asked sometimes like, you know, well, people want to know what the secret sauce was, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what was it that made all these people come to that church? And, mm-hmm. and what they want to hear is it was the cool programming. Mm-hmm. It was the clever videos. It was the dynamic teaching. Yeah. It was the cover songs. Like mm-hmm. they want to hear that. Yeah. What they don't usually want to hear, which is the harder answer was, mm-hmm. More than anything else, I heard from people when we would ask them, like, what was it about Flatirons that made it feel like home for you? Mm-hmm. And almost every single person said, I don't know. I just from the moment I walked through the door, mm-hmm. it just felt like home. 
Yeah. I felt like I belonged here. Mm-hmm. Before they heard a single Foo Fighters song, <laughs> yep. before they heard a word of teaching, before mm-hmm. they grabbed a free bagel, you know, mm-hmm. off the counter, before they had the crummy coffee, like something was happening there underneath all that stuff mm-hmm. that that we would just ignore almost, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. well... I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It was it was when we did that Molly Hatchet song. Yeah, yeah that's that's what you meant yeah, to say. You, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. no, they're being attracted by this sense of community that that these people yeah. have been this and, and and this very disparate group of people. You know, mm-hmm. people who were hurt and harmed by the church who were now coming back because they found this place that was safe yeah. and healthy and yeah. happy and and thriving. And it, like, it, man, we I don't know, yeah. like. So when I give people that answer who are asking for that special sauce, and I say, no, that's the special sauce, mm-hmm. is it was a, it, one, they, they knew their identity very early on. Mm-hmm. And churches that, that, that establish an early identity and hang on to it, mm-hmm. man, those are the ones that I feel yeah. like are just really killing it, you mm-hmm. know? But also, like, th- there, was this, there was this recognition of the spirit working in people's lives and knitting us together in our brokenness. Yeah. And that, that's just harder to do because it requires, it requires a level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It requires, you know, it it requires an openness to the spirit. It requires being willing, willing to say, Mm -hmm. I didn't do this. Like, yeah, yeah, we sang that song, but all we did was sing this song. Yeah. Like God worked in your heart, yeah. you know. So I, yeah. I just talked for a long time. You're no. my guest, and I, I just took over. But 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 yeah, that's that's the thing. And, and for like my wife and I, it was like finally getting a glimpse into the real Jesus, right? You know, that was like one of the big things for us when sure. we started going to Flatiron. It's like sure. that that's what it comes down to. Right. You know, it didn't have anything to do with the incredible show or production or experience. Right. Um, and, and again, to reiterate, none of those things are bad. Right. Um, and to kind of, you know, point to like, how is this season going to like challenge the church? It's like, right. I, I think it's going to be on the side of the, of thinking and believing that the production has to do with right. su- success for churches. Sure. Um, whatever success looks like. I mean, you see yeah. these church plants going in, you know, and like, they're just trying to create an experience from day one. And it's like, like before you start focusing on all of that, just pump the brakes a little bit and and get back to like, uh, without just saying like, we're here to give people Jesus. Like, is that actually the thing that's, that's happening when people walk through the doors? Like, um, because a lot of, you know, if you just kind of assess where's all your time and energy and money going? Yeah. And that's going to tell you what you're actually valuing yep. the most. Absolutely. And if it's all going to the production that you're producing, it's right. going to like really shed some light on, on what you're valuing. But, yeah. And I just think that maybe this season might challenge the church these days to think about what is the most important thing that we do because mm-hmm. we're really good at convincing ourselves that it's not the production right. when really that's like the, the driving force, I sure. think, behind a lot, not all. Right. but a lot of, of church ministries and worship ministries specifically. Yeah. And I think along those lines, uh, this COVID-19 shakeup, yeah. <laughs> um, I think might also be shaking up what the church is teaching. Mm. Um, and 
you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm not a prophet by any means. I just like my own story and experience and in church and, um, it's kind of like how my lens is like viewing a lot of this, you know? Um, so that's like the only place I'm speaking from. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, there's kind of this other thing that's happening aside from the production side of church. So I think I, I think I see this, um, other thing that's happening in, in church world as far as content goes, like Mm. in teaching Mm -hmm. where, and this is again, not a blanket statement of all churches. Um, just kind of a trend Mm -hmm. that I think is being shaken up a little bit, Mm. um, in a good way where we like, we elevate one, like the behavioral side of the gospel, Mm. like the part of the gospel that has to do with my sin and my forgiveness and being free from my shame and my guilt and like this me centric gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just focusing on, I mean, the only place you can go from, you know, to, to be very clear, (laughs) that is a very important part of the gospel. Sure. (laughs) You know, if we're going to spend eternity in the presence of a holy God, but we have something standing in the way that has to be dealt with, that could only be dealt with, through the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice right. to atone for that right. sin to make us right with God. Sure. That had to happen. Mm-hmm. That is a huge part of the gospel message. <clears throat> I think it's just a part of the gospel right. message. And so um, I think um, what I'm seeing is it's maybe like, and this could be like a lot more just like my own learning because I've wrestled with getting stuck in, in that being the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. Like we've made that the whole gospel. Right. It's your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. And being set free from your sins. Right. So you don't have to walk around in guilt and shame anymore. Right. I Like I've made that, and I think a lot of us have made that the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened for me in my life is just deep, deep internal like navigating of mm-hmm. like, all of my stuff and just kind of like, sure. if this is it, right? then the only thing for me to do is to just be better than I was before. Right. If I've been set free from it, then now I guess I just have to like right. be better. Right. But we forget that the, the good news is about the kingdom of heaven. Right. That's the other, that's the full gospel. When you right. wrap all of these things together, like we've been set free you know, not just from our sin, mm-hmm. not just from the domain of darkness, but we've been right. delivered into the kingdom of his beloved son. Yeah. yeah. So there's like that's being set free from something for something. Right. Not just like being set free from something. Sure. To then go now, like now what? Right. Um, yeah. And Well, and that has, I mean, when you start thinking about it in terms of, of a kingdom mindset, you know, it does, it does bring into, you know, it, it brings into focus, you know, a lot of the, you know, on top of the pandemic that we've been living through Mm -hmm. all of the social unrest and the, you know, the -hmm. issues of racism that we've been dealing with, not just, you know, not Mm -hmm. just in the past five, 10 years, but for, you know, hundreds of years, you know, Mm -hmm. like there are systemic problems in our society that, you know, and I'm not saying we should just sit around and wait for the, you know, the kingdom of God to make all that right. Right. But if, if we're going to take, you know, God and, and Jesus seriously, you know, when he says like the kingdom is coming and the kingdom is here, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, 
but there's so many things that are out of order. There's so many things that are askew in our, in our society, in our government, Mm -hmm. in, in our own hearts, in like, in our families, all that stuff, like it all comes into play and Mm -hmm. it's so much bigger and broader than just, well, did you say the prayer of salvation, son? You know, like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like throw your pine cone in the fire and let's all, you know, sing Kumbaya (laughs) and then we're all going to go to heaven together. Like I just, yeah, it's finally, and I apologize that I, I, whenever I, whenever I go into churchy mode, I speak in a Southern accent. So, um, (laughs) so yeah, it's just, yeah, I think and I've said this on multiple episodes, but you know, there, there are some gifts that, that COVID gave us, mm-hmm. but they're gifts like what you got from your mm-hmm. boss at Flatirons, you yeah. know, that, that was, you know, we are, we're looking in a mirror and mm-hmm. we don't like what we see, yeah. you know, but that's, it's probably the most accurate representation uh, of where we stand right now. And I, I think that goes not just for society. I think that goes for the church too, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. So I don't know. And that's, yeah. yeah. And, and I think some of the calling conversation kind of wraps back up into, to all this, mm. like, um, you know, like when we focus on just that one side of the gospel, you really like our, our services kind of start to look more like counseling sessions right. and like, we get stuck on the same problems like broken marriages and addictions and you know, these things that we're trying to work through like the broken parts of our lives. And that's kind of the like hamster wheel kind of, and all of those things are important because the gospel has very important things to say about all of those things. But, um, being able to, to like, like start there and then, answer the so what Mm -hmm. you know like for what and like what to what have i been redeemed yeah you know and then to to kind of go back to like why why is all this you know there's all this problem in the world yeah and i think there's there's more to this good news message than just being set free from sin there's the whole storyline of scripture like we get stuck just living in Paul's letters and we forget that like right. he's writing with the whole knowledge of the whole old Testament, right. and, like, the whole storyline that's like, <laughs> yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Like he has all of this in mind. Um, and you just go back to page one, like maybe we just need to like sit on page one for a long time right. and give it a good hard look and like meditate on it for a while. Like yeah. in there we find our calling. Yeah. It's to be co-rulers with God over all of creation. Right. And, and our sin makes it impossible for us to co-rule with God and right. to be effective rulers of the, his world. But he's determined to rule this world through you and me. Mm. He's not going to ever like go back on that plan. <laughs> and so like the only way right. forward is through new humans. Like right. Jesus showed us a new way to be human and he made it possible for us to yeah. be born again right. into a new humanity, to right. be new creations who are now able yeah. to partner with God in the restoration of the world. Yeah. And I think that that goes like, like that's my call. Yeah. That's your call. Right. Whether right. it's standing on a stage yeah. and earning a paycheck to lead worship. Like yeah. I think I'll probably lead worship in a local church for a long time mm-hmm. to come. But um, like for everybody, like the call's the same. Right. Whether you're working a construction job, 
you know, like yeah. I worked for a retaining wall for a while and these guys are just stacking 80 pound blocks on top of each right. other just all day long. One like they have the same call yeah, as I do. And it's yeah. to, to be a co-ruler over creation yeah. with God, you yeah. know? And so we see broken things in this world and we work with God to restore them starting with us. Like what's right. not, you know, yeah. like it's all, it's all renewable because yeah. of what Jesus has done, but it's, f- it's to that end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Well, I just got saved again, so uh, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, no, I I thought it was interesting what you said, like maybe we just need to go back to page one, but then we could also skip ahead to, you know, the very end where, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says, behold, I am, I'm making all things new. Yeah. It's am making all things new. Yeah. Not eventually I'm going to get around to making all things new. No, like the process of re- recreation is now. Like it's, yeah. we're, we're in the midst of it. And, and, so. and we know how it all ends, right? right? Like the storyline, yeah. it's like the very beginning gives us like the perfect template. Like right. this is what was all intended. Yeah, we've, got, is, we've got the greatest spoiler yeah. in history. This, like, you yeah. know, it's like. <laughs> this is how it all fell apart. This is how it all fell apart, yeah. but this is how it's all going to end. And this is how it's all going to end. Yeah. And in the meantime. Right. Like we get it, like now we get to like see like our lives intersect the storyline right. now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we get to join in that whole yeah. process. Man, so that's good. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for uh, saving me again from, from <laughs> my my own personal sin and that's and horribleness. I, and um, I did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was the spirit of Jesus. Um, no, man. Thanks so much for yeah. for doing this. Um, really, I, I I love the way that even even the hard parts of your story have been woven together to to bring you to this place you know, to where you are right now. And, and I hope that that can be a real encouragement for a lot of other worship leaders who may feel like, you know, they're getting that criticism and they're getting that, you know, they're getting the the horrible narratives just blasted mm-hmm. at them all the time. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes that can be, you know, it can basically just be a reflection of what you're already saying to yourself. And, yeah. and you know, that is, that's antithetical to what God is saying to you and wants you to be. And so uh, mm-hmm. thanks for, thanks for sharing that, that message with us. And, and, um, yeah, thanks for being part of the podcast. Uh, yeah. this is, this is a lot of fun and, um, sure. and really insightful and really deep. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you back at some Sweet. point. Cause I know there's a lot more to, yeah. a lot more to unpack. So would love it. Yeah. Thanks cool, for having man. me. That's right. awesome. All right. Take care. All right, man. There we go. Sweet. Longest one yet. Is that the longest one? Yeah. Oh. So that was Luke Burgett. Um, Really great guy. Hope you were encouraged and inspired by a lot of what he said or by everything that he said, really. Um, And uh, just really grateful that he took the time to come in and talk to me, but ultimately to talk to you. So, um, yeah, Uh, another quick disclaimer, um, and I I know I've said this before in another podcast, um, but uh, not ragging on big churches. Uh, I don't think that that I can say that enough. Um, 
I don't have anything against large churches. Um, I don't have anything against the mega church. Um, and I, I, but I do think that there's a culture within a lot of larger churches that does lead uh, to to faster burnout among worship leaders, uh, amongst all people in ministry that serve at larger churches. And so, really, the idea um, behind this podcast is not to say like, oh, if you're at a big church, you're going to burn out and, and you should get away from it or anything like that. No, we want you to serve and, and, and bloom where you're planted. But what, what the ultimate goal is, is to create boundaries for yourself um, and, and, and to create healthy boundaries. Um, even if you're working at a, a big church that's going a million miles an hour, you can still say, I'm going to go this far. I'm going to work this much. I'm going to do these things. And then I'm going to stop and I'm going to go home to my family and I'm going to spend time with my friends and I'm going to do things that feed my own soul. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll do a quick plug. If, if you're in a church of any size, big, small, in between, and you are feeling like you are just on the ragged edge and are just about to, to flame out phenomenally, um, please reach out to Torn Curtain Arts. We are here to help you. We want to help you create um, a plan. We want to help you uh, get off the treadmill of running after Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday, um, and, and to find some health and some life and some energy and some, uh, you know, help you basically fall in love with being in ministry again. So uh, go to torncurtainarts.org and and find out how we can help you. We do substitute worship leading. We do worship leader coaching. We do some creative consulting. Um, and, and we would love to talk to you if you feel like you are uh, just about to, to flame out. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's, there's the pitch, torncurtainarts.org. Speaking of, this podcast is a production of Torn Curtain Arts. Our executive producer is Paul Romig-Levitt. I'm your host, Brian Davis. Our music is produced by the wickedly talented Danny Burton. And uh, you can find out more about all of those people on our website, torncurtainarts.org. Thank you so much. Keep listening to Chasing Sunday. We'll be back soon. Thanks. Thanks.